RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines, a jury has found a man guilty of three counts of wounding with intent and one count of common assault during a protest in 2019. The authorities have received more than 20,000 registrations from Hong Kong people living on the mainland who plan to vote in this month's LegCo elections. And Carrie Lam has urged people to cast their ballots to show support for this year's revamp of the electoral system. A high court jury has found a man guilty of all four charges he'd faced over an incident, incident during an anti-government protest in Taiku Sheng two years ago, during which he bit off District Councillor Andrew Chu's ear. He'll be sentenced in February. Jimmy Choi has more. The defendant, 51-year-old Joe Chan, was accused of biting off Andrew Chiu's left ear and stabbing a couple outside City Plaza on November 3, 2019. Chen was also accused of assaulting the couple's cousin. After more than four hours of deliberation, the seven-member jury unanimously ruled that the defendant was guilty of two counts of wounding and one count of common assault. They also reached a 6-1 guilty verdict on the remaining wounding charge. In directing the jury earlier, Justice Julianna Barnes of the High Court noted that Mr. Chiu's operation to have part of his ear reattached was unsuccessful. The judge added that one of those injured, Wan Ho Lun, had been treated at the intensive care unit in hospital, and his various wounds had needed stitches, and his wife was stabbed in the back five times and required psychological treatment. The judge also said Mr. Chill's testimony showed that the defendant had a different political stance from most people at the scene, whereas the defence had argued that he was under the influence of alcohol at the time. The court adjourned the case to February the 9th for chance mitigation and sentencing, pending psychological and psychiatric reports of the defendant. The defendant has been remanded in custody. The government says it has received a total of 22,130 registrations from Hong Kong people living on the mainland who intend to vote in the Legislative Council elections on December 19th. Priscilla Ng reports. The Registration and Electoral Office said in a statement that it will issue a notification to those who've successfully signed up to vote at their specified polling station at either the Hung Yun Wai, Lo Wu or Lok Ma Chao spur line control points. Registered voters and geographical and functional constituencies will be allowed to cast their votes at the stations without undergoing quarantine, but they must immediately return to the mainland after casting their ballots. The one-off arrangement is not applicable for the new election committee constituency. Chief Executive Carrie Lam had earlier said that the three voting stations at the control points would be able to handle up to 110,000 people, adding that sufficient manpower would be deployed to accommodate those who have signed up to cast their ballots. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has told the Global Times that the turnout in this month's Legislative Council elections does not mean anything. Yesterday, Mrs. Lam said her administration didn't have a voter turnout target, but she again urged people to cast their ballots in order to show their support for this year's revamp of the electoral system. Mike Weeks reports. In a wide-ranging interview with the mainland's only English-language tabloid, the chief executive said she was now calling daily on registered voters in Hong Kong 
to actively participate in the LegCo elections. But when the Global Times asked her if she was worried about a possible low turnout for the polls, Mrs Lamb said the rate was affected by many factors. There is a saying, she added, that when the government is doing well and its credibility is high, the voter turnout will decrease because the people do not have a strong demand to choose different lawmakers to supervise the government. She said she therefore thinks the turnout rate does not mean anything. Hong Kong recorded no COVID cases today, but authorities say they're looking into a re-positive overseas case involving a 61-year-old man who lives in Kimberley Hotel in Simsa Choi. Weibo has made a disappointing stock market debut here. It slipped 7% from its offer price to close at $253.20. The mainland microblogging platform raised $385 million US dollars in its Hong Kong IPO. And now the weather. It will be fine and the minimum temperature tomorrow morning will be about 18 degrees in the urban areas and a few degrees lower in the new territories. Dry during the day with a maximum temperature of around 23 degrees. Moderate east to northeasterly winds fresh at first. The temperature now is 20 degrees and the humidity is 78%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The Immigration Department says it's looking into claims that two officers received festive hampers from an Evergrande executive after media reports suggested the pair could have breached anti-bribery rules by accepting them. Temi Sung reports. The Immigration Department says the two officers involved in a controversy have explained that they received the gifts from personal friends and did not declare them because the hampers were not so valuable and they had no dealings with the friends in their official capacities. Civil servants are allowed to accept gifts from close friends on special occasions, as long as the presents are not worth more than $3,000. The officers reportedly told Star News that the hampers were worth less than this after discounts. Speaking to reporters, Security Secretary Chris Tang sidestepped that question on whether the ICC should look into the matter. Regarding the allegation of our um, immigration officers accept some gifts, I think they have um, gave account about the incidents and the immigration department is going to investigate. I think um, after the uh, conclusion of the investigation, uh, then we can uh, comment further. But barrister and former ICC chief investigator Stephen Cha told commercial radio that the controversy does not look good. Only they know if he's their close friend. Perhaps they need to give an explanation. Even if they're good friends, it's not just about accepting advantages. It's about reciprocity. The crux of the matter is whether Evergrande has any dealings with the Immigration Department. If there is, it would be quite serious. Section 8 of the Prevention of Bribery Ordinance states that anyone, be it an individual or a company, has dealings with the Government Department, offering advantages to the Department's officers could breach the law. Earlier this year, Director of Immigration Ao Gao Wang admitted that he joined a free hot pot dinner at a luxury club in Wan Chai, reportedly hosted by Evergrande. He was fined $5,000 for flouting a cap on group gatherings by attending the meal. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says workers will have to be brought in from outside Hong Kong if the mega-development projects she has proposed are to be realized. Damon Pang with the story. In an interview with Now TV, Carrie Lam said importing workers will be an unavoidable issue when it comes to the northern metropolis and Lantau tomorrow plans. 
呢個係需要社會討論啦。Importing labour needs public discussion. If what people want to see is to implement these infrastructure projects and build more housing units as early as possible, importing labour is something unavoidable, something that needs everyone's discussion. Mrs. Lam added, however, that the priority is always to ensure jobs for local people. She also said that Beijing didn't force her into coming up with a metropolis plan. However, she said mainland plans for the Greater Bay Area, as well as working meetings with Shenzhen, indirectly pointed to the need for the Northern New Territories development. The government has kept its housing supply target for the next decade unchanged for the third straight year at 430,000. The target has a public and private housing ratio of 7 to 3. This means around 300,000 units will be either public rental housing or flats under subsidized housing schemes. The housing secretary is Frank Chan. Firstly, we have to estimate how many public housing demand there is from firstly the number of new households to be formed, the number of households to be displaced by redevelopment, and also the number of households living in inadequate housing, and also other reasons such as students studying in Hong Kong or mobile population visiting Hong Kong. So all these together will generate a total number of demand. And based on the demand for the next 10 years, we take this as the supply target. A study by Chinese University has found that the BioNTech vaccine produces more antibodies against COVID-19 than the Sinovac jab, but both are effective in preventing serious illness. Maggie Ho reports. David Hui, a professor of respiratory medicine at the university, told an RTHK program that about 700 people participated in a study and were tested for their antibody levels one month and six months after their second shots. BioNTech produces a higher level of antibodies, and the antibody level of 80% of those inoculated with BioNTech was still up to standard after those periods of time while only 16% of people who received Sinovac had a good enough level of antibodies, he said. Dr. Ho said Sinovac recipients, therefore, have a more pressing need for a booster shot, noting many countries now consider three shots as fully vaccinated for inactivated vaccines like Sinovac. He added, however, that researchers also looked at the T-cell response and found that Sinovac did slightly better. He said it is the white blood cell response that is important in preventing serious illness, hospitalization and death. As for the new Omicron variant of COVID, the expert said it looks like it's very contagious, as it's appeared in around 40 countries or regions in a short period of time. But he said it seems Omicron is weaker than the Delta variant in terms of causing serious illness. Today marks the 80th anniversary of the Imperial Japanese military invasion of Hong Kong, which led to the 17-day Battle of Hong Kong to defend the territory's 1.6 million people. Thousands were killed in the ensuing fighting. Anne-Marie Evans joined a commemoration today at City Hall and filed this report.
As the last post sounded in the Garden of Remembrance at City Hall in Central, a line of members from two Second World War associations in Hong Kong and consular officials from Britain and Canada stood in silence to remember the dead of the Battle of Hong Kong and the following three years and eight months of occupation of the territory 80 years ago. Both a trumpeter and bagpiper played as wreaths were laid by the Hong Kong Prisoners of War Association and the Royal Hong Kong Regiment, the Volunteers Association, as well as representatives from the two consulates. Justin Ho, a PhD student at Peking University, had a special reason to attend today's ceremony. I'm also a descendant of the volunteers because my step-grandfather and step-granduncle took part in the Battle of Hong Kong. My step-grandfather was a gunner of the Volunteers 5th Anti-Aircraft Battery, while my grand-uncle was a driver and a private of the Volunteers Ambulance Unit. While his grandfather would survive the war, his great-uncle would be executed in his early 20s for trying to escape. The event organizers said it was important to remember the sacrifice made 80 years ago and to learn from these events in order to avoid such a conflict occurring again. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the UK will effectively stage a diplomatic boycott of the Winter Olympics in Beijing, while stressing that he doesn't think such boycotts are sensible. Mr Johnson was answering questions in Parliament over whether Britain would be joining the United States in a diplomatic boycott of the Games. There will be effectively a, a diplomatic boycott of the. Uh, there will be a diplomatic boycott of the uh, of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. No ministers are expected to attend. What well, I think the House uh, and, and, and no officials, Mr. Speaker. But what I can tell the House is that uh, I do not think that sporting boycotts are sensible. And that remains the policy of the government. The White House has said on Monday that U.S. officials would stay away from the Beijing Games over alleged human rights violations. Beijing has slammed the move with the foreign ministry, saying it would only lead to a loss of America's moral authority and credibility. Germany's new chancellor, the Social Democrat leader Olaf Scholz, has been sworn in as the successor to Angela Merkel. He'll lead a three-party coalition. The BBC's Danny Eberhardt reports. The appointment of Olaf Scholz marks the end of an era, after 16 years with Angela Merkel at the helm. He's only the fourth German Chancellor in nearly 40 years. The governments will now be led from the centre-left, not the centre-right. But Mr Scholz is promising continuity as well as change, as he aims to build a fairer, greener society. The 63-year-old served as Finance Minister under Mrs Merkel. He's seen by voters as a safe pair of hands. Mrs Merkel was widely praised as being good in a crisis. Chancellor Scholz faces one right from the off, tackling Germany's worst wave of coronavirus infections. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. A jury has found a man guilty of three counts of wounding with intent and one count of common assault during a protest in 2019. The authorities have received more than 20,000 registrations from Hong Kong people living on the mainland who plan to vote in this month's alleged co-elections. And Carrie Lam has urged people to cast their ballots to show support for this year's revamp of the electoral system. And that's the news from RTHK. You're listening to Peter King. You know, I've sort of heard it a little bit before. It's okay. 
I've mentioned this before, but I've always wondered why it fades away just before it 
ends properly and I was speculating with a mate years and years ago that maybe that was a single version where it fades away and for some reason it just carried on because it runs to about 4 minutes 13 which back in those days was quite long for a single it was also the song that put Elvis back on the map again after Good Luck Charm was uh, number one uh, well it would be about 1962 I'm guessing and there we heard a song from 69 here's the fifth dimension would you like to ride in my beautiful Would you like to ride? 